Enrollment is open for Thomas's upcoming six-session live online course, Navigating the Levels of Trauma Healing. Explore how to work with the impacts of collective crises and challenges and learn tools to manage anxiety, overwhelm, and nervous system dysregulation during times of accelerated change and disruption. In this all-new curriculum, Thomas and expert guest speakers will engage in ecosystemic practices to collectively explore our resilience, agency, and capacity to stay present and find deeper meaning. Click the link in our show notes to learn more and enroll. Or go to www.navigatingthelevelsoftrauma.com. Welcome to Point of Relation with Thomas Hubel, a podcast that illuminates the path to collective healing at the intersection of science and mysticism. In his conversations with visionaries, innovators, artists, and healers, Thomas invites guests into a relational experience that allows inspiration and innovation to emerge. This is The Point of Relation. Hello and welcome. My name is Thomas Hubel and this is my podcast, The Point of Relation. And today I want to take you on a journey to explore like the gifts of our ancestors and the wounds of our ancestors and why I believe that uh, doing ancestral healing or trauma work is really important in our own healing process. And let's start a bit with um, that in a, in a society where, especially in Western societies, when we have a real big focus on the individual, um, which on the one hand is great because like uh, being focused also creates a higher resolution. So we learned a lot about individuals and uh, individuation. and But there is also always the danger of exaggerating and hyper-individualizing a human being. And I think it's going to be very good if we can decentralize a little bit our focus so that the person or the individual can start to breathe again within a bigger space. And I think we have been too focused in the West on seeing an individual as this box that we call person. And um, I think we are in a time where we uh, open that space up again and see that, of course, there's a lot of personal healing work needed, and of course, therapy, trauma work, and other integration practices are very important to help us to deal with our attachment wounds, to deal with our developmental issues, and to uh, help us to integrate our mature self more and more so that we can participate more in life and that we can also rest more in ourselves and in our authentic being with vulnerability, openness, generosity, compassion, connectedness, clarity, and so forth. And one way is that when we look into psychotherapy or we look into individual work, we often look at the developmental childhood process, which is important. But that, again, is based on a lot of information that has been transmitted to us by our ancestors. Undoubtedly, 
the genetic information, the epigenetic information, the psychological environment, the social environment. There are many conditioning or kind of crystallizing factors in the information that has been handed over to us internally through ourselves and externally through the external environment. Nature and nurture, is, as it's often called. So when we open our awareness again, that I am not just this individual pers persona or a box, but I am actually, my nervous system, I often say my nervous system has a department that encodes the information of my personal development, my individual development. But my nervous system also has a department that encodes for the ancestral information that has been passed on to me. And my nervous system has a department that encodes for the collective dimension that I'm part of. And these three nervous systems are not separate. They're actually fluidly blending and have the capacity of relationality, which means I can relate to myself and to my two different ages of my personal development, which we call a tune or tune in with how I felt when I was two, how I felt when I was seven, what happened at that time and what kind of information is unintegrated and needs to be more integrated. So there is a capacity of attunement in my personal experience that I often can relate to my personal narrative how I grew up, my childhood, my school time, and so on. So there is a, a match between my cognition that can that knows the personal or biographical narrative, and some parts of myself um, where I feel either ease, flow, or difficulties when I relate to these parts. At the same time. And that's something that I think in especially Western societies we don't get taught and we also don't teach so much is the part of my nervous system that is that carries the ancestral data, ancestral data flow and information. Information means in and form. It informs me, which means it puts me also into a form. My body is a form that is based on millions of years of information. And the fact that I appear as a form is based on the information that composes that form. So the internal, the intra-body data flow and the external, like the, the bridge between my internal and external data experience, that data flow is crucial because it encodes for health, it encodes for tissues to be well energized and, um, and also nurtured and living in a higher coherence. And so when we, when we tune in with our ancestral data flow, starting with our parents and our grandparents, with our great-grandparents and so forth, even all the, the ancestors that um, seem like ancestors of the far past that are kind of our root system into the planet. 
So grounding and groundedness is also based on the gifts that our ancestors hand over to us. All the achievements, all the intelligence, all the strength and resilience and self-healing capacity that our ancestors acquired have been handed over to us. Millions of years of living have been given to everybody that is living right now. Think that's amazing. Like to develop, imagine you develop a biocomputer over millions and millions of years, and then you hand it over to the next generation and say, handle it with care and develop it further. And potentially every generation adds something to refine that biocomputer and develop it further. But think sometimes we might lose the appreciation for the preciousness of what has been given to us when we are alive in these bodies and we are alive in these societies. With all the issues that we have, it's amazing how informed over so many generations life is. And we have access to that information that shows up as flow and capacity and intelligence in our life. So integrated history is flow. When we tune in with it, then it feels as a flow in our bodies, in our emotions, in our minds, in our ways to interact with the world. So the gifts of our ancestors are is the resilience that is encoded in in a way we could say it's deep time. Deep time is millions of years of life concentrated in a fertilized egg that goes through the entire process of development again in order to lift life a little bit higher, a little bit further, and bring in and manifest a new creativity that comes with every generation. I think that that's a deeply beautiful process. And when we look at the other side, we feel that what on the one hand is integrated information that I can sense, not only know about, I think ancestral work is not only intellectual, it's also intellectual. I can collect a lot of data about my ancestors. But the real inner work of healing, which is the second part, the unintegrated, the wounded ancestor, hands over to us what that generation or the generations couldn't integrate. It's the unfinished business of our ancestors also has been handed over to us. So there are the gifts, the resources, and there is the wounding and the trauma or the transgressions of our ancestors. And the after effects of that are often part of our life. And so, once 
I begin to open myself and say, oh, my ancestors are not just past or a past that I want to get rid of or get away from or be close to, but a past that I want to deeply explore and feel in myself the transmission of that past. Of course, our ancestors are not um, as people living in us, but the after effects are living in us. And that's something we can fill with awareness. That's something we can begin to explore. And we are exploring it by bringing attention to it first. First saying, yeah, I'm willing by making a decision that that's something I want to explore. And I want to explore it not only intellectually, but also emotionally, physically, uh, relationally. I create myself an environment where I can speak about my ancestors, and when I speak about their lives, I feel it, I tune in with it, I'm just talking about it. I can go deeper in contemplation and meditation, I can bring it also to my therapeutic settings or to some group work where people do ancestral healing work. But that I begin to explore the parts that are easy for me to connect to in my ancestors, and then I also begin to explore the parts that are hard for me to connect to. And when it's hard, it's usually hard because hardening is a way of reducing my capacity to feel. Same as quickening, becoming faster, sometimes is a way to feel less. Becoming harder is also a way to feel less. That's why we often say, oh, this was hard. What we actually mean is, I compressed the intensity of my experience so that I feel less. And we did that in the past, and when now that gets triggered, it feels again hard. When it's whatever is harder means that some of my experience is excluded. And then I can begin to explore what is actually the experience that is not easy for me to feel? What's the emotional component of it? What's the physical component of it? And as long as I can can go there and explore it on my own without getting overwhelmed, I can do that. When I feel that's too much for me alone to um, deal with, then I'm, I look for a right setting. A professional support or a, a right relational setting, like a group setting, where we explore those things together so we don't do it alone, but always with other people in a relational container. So we can say the gifts of our ancestors is something we can tune in with again and again. What are actually the beautiful parts that my ancestors handed over to me? What's their resilience? Maybe they went through hardship and made it and gained some power from that and some resilience. And so that's also living in us. And we can tune into that. And when we go through difficulties ourselves, we can come back to, oh, that's a resourcing place. We can go to the ancestors that feel close to us. Many of us have some ancestors that we feel closer to than others. And when I tune in with these ancestors, I begin to feel the connection and that resources me too. And then 
I begin slowly to open myself also to the parts that I want to explore that are a bit harder or where either my ancestors were hurt or where my ancestors transgressed. So sometimes it's also not that easy to explore the transgressions of our ancestors. And I've seen many situations where people really struggle to look back to what they're also the crimes or the situations that their uh, ancestors were responsible for or committed. And, and that's something I believe that is part of our maturation as well. Because, of course, we are not responsible for these actions, but we are able to respond or not to the after effects of it, because we are sitting in the after effects. And so when I need to shut that out or I need to shut that down because it's too much or it's not beautiful or because I don't want to be connected to that, then I actually shut down a part of myself. And when I begin to step by step as I can do it, as it's in my capacity or with some support, I begin to write about it, to contemplate it, to speak about it, connected to people that I trust, I feel close with. That's the beginning of liquefying our past. And often difficult past is frozen and creates stagnations. And when we liquefy that past, it begins to flow again. And then what I didn't really want to look at actually starts to become part of my strength. Why? Because I really created a relationship to that. And that gives me some learning, that gives me some wisdom, that gives me maybe in my own development, a boost in my ethical understanding, and that makes me a better human being. So that helps me to grow. And, and I believe when we see human development not anymore as a merely personal development, but it's a personal, ancestral, and collective development, that we are all the interdependence of the I and the we. We are not just an I, we are not just a we, we are the interdependence. We are living as a relational field. And our ancestors are our roots. And the more we heal our ancestral relations, we actually heal our roots. And so we can release ourselves from repeating certain patterns or the repetition compulsion of ancestral patterns in our family systems. Family systems start to heal. Family systems start to come together more and create healthier relationships. And I think when our ancestors are more in peace with each other because we did the work that it needs, not because we bypass it. And we just wish, it's not a wishful thinking, it's doing the real work that's required to for our ancestors to make peace with themselves, with others, with people that got hurt in the past, or if they got hurt themselves by healing those traumatizations, then we begin to also create a different world today. And so that's the first nugget <clears throat> to dive deeper into 
the gifts and the wounds of our ancestors. And if that's interesting to you, there's, of course, um, much more information in our coursework, but there is also a lot of information in my upcoming book, which is called The Tuned, which will be released in September, September 12th. And, um, and of course, you can stay tuned to my podcast, The Point of Relation. Thanks for listening to Point of Relation with Thomas Hoover. Stay connected by visiting our website, pointofrelationpodcast.com, and by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review and share about us with your community on social media. Thank you. We appreciate your support.